Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awakened Church. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Mark chapter 8. We have been trekking through the Gospel of Mark. It has been a trek of about a year or so. And no rush. I'm not rushing it. I'm just going to take my time. Lower and slower, right, Cherica? Lower and slower. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, so good to see you. Um, last week, just a little bit of uh, uh, update on my family and I. You may have noticed last week we weren't here. I'm sure you did. You notice I'm not here, right? <laughs> uh, uh, we went up north. I was visiting my mom and dad. They live in West Virginia. And I also officiated a wedding for some missionary friends of ours in Ohio. Um, and it was just such a, such a cool wedding. Uh, the first time they had ever kissed was when I said, you may kiss your bride. Yes, super, super amazing couple. And uh, they, they may be joining us in January. They may be moving down here to help us in the work here in Highlands County, Florida. Come on, somebody, right? Yeah. Oh, so they're a very gifted couple. Uh, so so we, I officiated that wedding, went back and visited mom and dad in West Virginia. And then I have a sister that lives in South Carolina. So we stopped by there, a little pop over to South Carolina and came back last Wednesday. So I want to say thank you to the team that held it down for us while we were gone. And there's just so many people that do so many things. And so thank you for that. Thank you for being available. And uh, we feel confident in leaving uh, leaving the church in good hands uh, whenever we have to be away. So, so thank you for that. Thank you. And to mom and dad who's listening, probably watching online, love you, miss you. Um, I want to preach a message today um, called God of Again, God of Again. Everybody say that, God of Again. God of Again, God of Again. We're going to read the first nine verses of Mark chapter 8. And I just want to pick out a few things. Uh, for us to zero in on that I think is really going to help you. I think it's really going to help us this morning. Um, so when you're there in your Bible to Mark chapter 8, verse 1, go ahead and say amen. amen. All right, and uh, they're going to follow along back in the back, help us out on the screen. All right, it says, in those days, everybody say that, in those days. days. When again, say when again. A, grout, a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat. He called his disciples. Who did he call? To him and said to them, I have compassion. Say, I have compassion. On the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away, they, if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said seven. Everybody say seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves. How many loaves? And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples and set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that the, these also should be set before them. And the, and sorry, and they ate and were satisfied. Everybody say satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. How many baskets? And there were about 4,000 people 
And he said them, look, look at your neighbor and just say, that's a lot of people. All right. And he sent them away. All right. Let's just ask the Lord to speak to us today through his word. Uh, Lord, we, we desire for you to speak. Um, Lord, we desire for your word to do what you're sending it to do today in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see here. Um, is there a stool available? I think I'm going to steal Jerry's stool. Is that all right? Joe, uh, <laughs> let's see here. There we go. All right. So we're just going <laughs> to. All right. Everybody good? Jerry's not mad that I stole her stool, is she? Oh, she's mad? Oh, man. All right. <laughs> All right. So we've been learning a few things. Uh, number one is that this is Jesus's last year of ministry, and he's teaching his disciples a lot of things. Uh, do you know what a disciple is? A disciple is a learner, um, a student of Jesus. And so he's teaching them a lot of things in this final year of his walking with them. Uh, what I mean is that he's about to go to the cross, and then he's going to rise from the grave, and then he will ascend to the Father. He'll send the Holy Spirit, but this is the last year that he's going to be with them just as he has been. Got that? Just shake your head like this if you got it. All right. So this is last year. He's been teaching them a lot of things. Um, he's been teaching them that he is the Son of God, and because he is God, that there's nothing impossible for God. Right? He's God the Son. Uh, he's equal with God, 100% man, 100% human. He's been walking them to situations and through situations, teaching them that he is, in fact, God. He's been walking them through situations to talk to people and minister to people that they never would have usually gone to, like we saw in chapter 7. He was talking to the Gentile woman in the beginning of chapter 7, and then he, he healed um, the man in the Decapolis we talked about a few weeks ago. And so he's teaching them that, we, that they should expect the impossible, they should expect miracles, and that they should accept everyone. Expect, they should be expecting, and they should be accepting, right? They should be expecting, and they should be accepting, and this is how, this is how he's, been, he's been walking them through many different lessons, teaching them so many things. Um, how many of you know if you walk with Jesus long enough, you, you should learn a few things, right? Yeah. Um, we need to be progressing in our relationship with Jesus. Um, we should, um, sometimes, we, sometimes, honestly, like we get out of our rhythms, you know, um, especially like this past week when I was away, you know, we, kind of, we can get out of our rhythms. What I mean about our rhythms is like our daily devotional times, our prayer times. And, but what I want to just encourage you to do, if you've gotten out of a rhythm, get back in your rhythm, right? If you've gotten out of a rhythm, just get back in it. You can do it. You can do it again because he wants to teach you some things. <laughs> He's very dynamic. He's a wonderful God. And he wants to walk you to some situations, through some situations. He wants you to expect great things. He wants you to accept everyone. Okay. So um, we got back on Wednesday, and I knew, just to tell you, this is, this is how this passage, this, how, this is how this has worked out this week in my life, all right? How many of you know the Word of God should speak to you in your life, right? This is how He's going to teach you, right? This is how you're going to learn a few things. He's going to learn you something. 
I'm sorry. Uh, I've been in West Virginia too long. I come back with all this bad vocabulary. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, um, we get back on Wednesday and we had an appointment to get our uh, brakes done on our car. And um, so I took it in Thursday morning. I hear back from them late Thursday night um, how much it was actually going to cost to, um, to fix the brakes. You know, I had a number in my mind <laughs> how much things were going to be. And when they told me, I, you know, I, I nearly fainted. I almost said some Christian cuss words. No, just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I mean, it was just so, so surprising to me. And then I even feared more of calling Melvina and telling her how much it was going to cost. So I was like, holy fear, righteous indignation, all these, all these emotions coming through. And so, so what I did is I, I knew that I was, I knew this passage was coming up in Mark chapter eight. I knew this is where we were gonna go for this week. And as I was reading this, the Lord was just speaking to me. And it was like, you know what, Jeremy, you've been here before. You've been to these places. <laughs> this time in your life where you've needed finances to come through, where you have faced something that you didn't have necessarily resources for, or else I just couldn't see the resources for it. I've been here before. Right? And I think a lot of us um, probably have been in places before, right? Um, on our trip, whenever we were um, we were traveling to West Virginia. We stopped at one gas station in North Carolina somewhere and we got gas and the kids used the restroom and um, we, I mean, the restrooms were terrible. And so they're like, daddy, why'd you stop here? Hey, it's, it's just terrible. I went in and I was like, hey man, this is pretty clean. It's a good, good place. <laughs> but on the way back, we stopped at the exact same place. <laughs> we stopped. I'm serious. I didn't plan it. I was like, this place looks familiar. And the kids are like, no bathrooms, dad, no. And I'm like, well, they're fine. But then we found the Chick-fil-A. We, 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 you know, the Lord just provided the Chick-fil-A right around the corner. The Lord's chicken right there. Um, but <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes we encounter those physical places that we've been before and we're like, oh man, you know, this place looks familiar, right? There's things maybe positive or negative about those times. Other times it's like, it's these places in our life where we've been before that we've learned to depend on God and we've seen him move before. And what we need to understand that he, is that he is the God of again. He's the God of again. Um, I, uh, he was reminding me uh, that he had already provided for this through some work that he had provided for me, right? I didn't see that what he had provided for me was actually already there because what I did in my humanity was worry about that pressing need. Get concerned about that pressing need, right? But I think what God wants to show us this morning is that he has already provided, right? He's already provided, and there's so much more here. Um, but what, one of the things that, that, that caught my attention, and it's, it's, it's in verse one, if we could just put verse one back there, is that, all of us, all of us probably have um, these type of days, right? These type of days. It says in those days. Everybody say in those days. So Thursday would have been one of those days for me, right? 
So if you would have, if you'd asked me, hey, Jeremy, how'd your day go today? I probably would have been like, yeah, it's one of those days, man. It's one of those days. One of those days where I felt overwhelmed. One of those days where I felt kind of uh, anxious, uncomfortable. One of those days where I came in here and I had to get into the place of prayer, right? In those, in those days, one of those type of days. Um, and I think he wants to prepare us as a people to go through those days differently. To go through those days differently um, than, than feeling so scared every time something pops up that we didn't necessarily understand or know it was going to happen, right? Um, getting so anxious and so like, oh, been out of shape and whatever it looks like for you. I think he wants to prepare us for when those days happen because there's going to be trouble, right? There's going to be things that, you know, we don't expect. There's going to be, there's going to be things happen that we don't necessarily see. What we have to understand is that he is the God of again. Everybody say that. He's the God of again. Say it. He's the God of again. And so in those days, in those days, when you have one of those days, you're going to remember Mark chapter 8. In those days, when you have one of those days, I want you to remember Mark chapter 8. In those days. Some of you have been walking through those days, right? <laughs> Probably maybe many of those days. Well, he wants you to remember something in those days. The next, the next few words says, when again, right? He's the God of again. In those days, he is the God of again. When again. In those days, when again. He is the God of of again in those days. Now check this out. It says, a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat. It sounds a little familiar to Mark chapter six. Two chapters earlier, same scenario. Jesus is ministering, crowds gathered, great crowds gathered, and they got hungry. <laughs> they got hungry. And Jesus did something back in Mark chapter 6. Because he's the God of again. He's about to do something in Mark chapter 8. But he wants you to understand that he's the God of again. And in those days, he's the God who's still faithful in Mark chapter 8. The God of Mark chapter 6 is still the God of Mark chapter 8. Okay? Um, in those days when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat. When we seem over, when it seems overwhelming to us, when we get hungry, figuratively speaking, for God to do something in our life, this is when your hunger moves God. This is what we see here. The crowd was hungry. Now, this is something physical that they were, I mean, it was literally, it was, they had nothing to eat, right? So obviously they had some hunger, right? They had been there a long time. Jesus didn't want to send them away. So they had a hunger for something physical. And so this is what sometimes, um, this is what will lead us to him, our hunger. Um, me that day, I was hungry for some financial provision. That hunger led me to prayer. Some of you are hungry for relationship, a right relationship. Right? Some of you are hungry for, um, 
for, for a house or for a car. Some of you are hungry for, for, for God to break through in your life. There's just some, some hunger. Some of us are hungry. We're hungry for different things, but most of us in this room may have some sort of hunger. Maybe you're hungry for purpose. Something you're hungry for. What I want to let you know is that Jesus understands your hunger. What I want to, he understands your hunger. And, and so like, I don't have much patience for like physical hunger because I've learned to, to kind of go, I can go without food. I don't get really hangry really quickly. It'll take a little while for me to get hangry. Some of you get hangry like on a second. Like, you know, you have to eat every hour and you get hangry. I know you. Yeah, I know that's Jimmy. He gets hungry every hour. Um, <laughs> but, but Jesus, like Jesus, he, he knows your hunger. And, and, and even something as trivial as hungering for food didn't throw Jesus off like, get out of here, I don't, you know. He's actually concerned for hunger, their hunger. And they didn't have anything to eat. They didn't have anything. And he's gonna, res- he, he responds to your hunger and here's how I know because it says in the next verse, it says, I have compassion on the crowd. I have compassion on the crowd on the crowd. Jesus has compassion. In other words, this, this word compassion is this, like, it's this word that, that, that expresses the deep affection of Jesus. Deep down, like, man, it's not something superficial. It is, it is deep on the inside, compassion, sympathy for you. So he has compassion on you. So when I brought my physical need, like right here before the Lord, he had compassion on me. When I brought my financial need before him, he had compassion for me. When I brought my spiritual need way back in 2000, it'll be 23 years, Labor Day of this year, since I met the Lord. When I brought my spiritual need before the Lord, he had compassion. When I brought my desire, my hunger for a faithful wife, a woman of God, gave me, God gave me a good one, y'all. He saw my hunger. When God saw my desire to plant a church, he had compassion. <laughs> what I'm trying to let you know is that our hunger, we hunger for a lot of things, but, but what I want you to understand is that your hunger needs, it's, 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 it, the point of your hunger is to connect you with the heart of God. The point of your hunger is to connect you to the heart of God for you because he actually feels for you. He actually has a heart for you and for me. Does that make any sense? Like he actually cares. It's not just like a, a one and done sort of Sunday, you know, come in on Sunday, go out, and that's all. It's like, no, he actually cares for you. He cares for your family. He cares for your financial needs. He cares for, for your, your, your cars. He cares for your, fa- like your kids, your grandkids. He cares. He actually has a heart for you. And so if, if anything Jesus has been th- teaching his disciples during this time, it's his actual heart for people. When he, when he connected with the Syrophoenician lady in Mark chapter 7, somebody that he shouldn't have even talked to, he was showing his disciples his heart for her, his compassion for her. When he, when he healed the man at the end of chapter 7 who had a hearing problem, he was showing his compassion for that man. Well, we, and, and so what we have to do is we have to, to, to realize that and connect with his heart. And, and a lot of times in worship, and the reason that he highlights things, I believe, is so that we can actually connect with his heart for us. 
because he, he does deeply love you. He does deeply care for you and for your needs. He really does. He really does. I mean, Kit's story, he, ca- he cares for, Kit was sharing her, her testimony, he cares for your needs and my needs, right? He does, he deeply, deeply cares. And I love it that whenever he, he noticed that the crowd or he, he, he felt the crowd's hunger, what did he do? He called his disciples close to him. And so he's, he's calling you near to him and he's calling me near to him. This, this, is, this is relational. He called his disciples near. He didn't just like give them some abstract discuss, you know, instructions at that point. He, he called them near because he wanted them to connect with his heart. So how is it that God is calling you near to connect with his heart these days? Maybe you have this, this, this moment, you've been in this place before of deep need of, you know, so, guys, sometimes people pray for years and years and years for a specific request. You find your, some, of you, some of you find yourself in that place again, like you've been praying and crying out and it's popped up again or whatever is going on. It's like it, you're here again in this place and what I want you to know is that his heart is still for you. His heart is still for you. And it's for me. Hey Amen, am I preaching pretty good? Am I all right? Here? Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. He says in verse two, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. So he knows, he knows the weariness of the people. <laughs> Man, some of us in this room are just really, like we, we, we're so weary. Or maybe you know some people who are weary. <laughs> Kind of the schedule, the, you know, being in this place before, you've been here before, and like, just weary. What I want to let you know is that he sees your weariness. He cares for your weariness, and he doesn't want you to go through life so weary and exhausted. He really doesn't. That's a good point, Jeremy. I know he, he, he doesn't want you to live with this sense of weariness. Sometimes we get tired, understand that. But he cared for the crowd. He didn't send them away because he didn't want them to faint on the way. Neither does he want you to faint on the way. Neither does he want you to give up on the journey. Neither does he want you to faint with that one prayer request you've been praying for. He doesn't want you to faint. He doesn't want you to give up. Don't grow weary of praying those prayers. Don't grow weary, even though you've been in this place before, don't grow weary about believing the heart of God for you. And for your family, don't grow weary of believing the heart of God for you. He has compassion on you. He has compassion. And his disciples said, how, verse 4, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? How? can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? 
So Lord, I've been in this place before. I've been in this place of need before. You've seen me, you've known me, you provide for me. How? How? There's a difference. Because sometimes we will come to this place, we've been, there, been here before and be like, I don't see any way forward. I've been here begin, before and, and now I'm here again. There's just no use. Um, you know, the different things that we may go through in our own mind and our own heart, right? Um, I don't know why I keep coming back to this place. <laughs> I don't know why I seem to have this supposed lack right here, whatever the lack is for you, the supposed lack in your life. I don't know why I keep staying here. I'm back in this spot again. I've been here. Like, there's a difference. And then come into this place again, and you realize you're in this place again, but now you say, how? How can, how can we feed these people in this dry wilderness place? How? So when you're wondering how you're going to make it when you've been to this spot before, the correct answer, this is in relationship with the Lord, not posting on Facebook. I mean, you can if you want. But how, Lord? How? Remember, he called his disciples to him, and they had that question. So I, I always looked at, this, looked at them saying, how, as sort of like an expression of doubt. But I just think he wants to flip that around this morning and just say to us, like, that's the correct question. How? Like, how? How am I going to make it through this year? I really want to know. <laughs> I really want to know how, if, how are you going to satisfy my hunger? Like, I really want to know. I'm connected with your heart here. I know you feel for me. I know you feel for the people. I'm just coming to you with an honest question. Like, how? I'm not doubting you anymore. I just like, How? <laughs> And then he says, he responds with a question, how many loaves do you have? So then he, then he whenever you're in this, this, this honest dialogue, this relationship, you've been called to him, how, you ask the question how, and then he says, well, what do you, what do you actually have? Right? What do you have? What is it that you have? This is a spot where, you know, most of us, and when we're at this place again, we'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't have anything. I can't do it. You know, like, we just get, we have such a pity party on us. I can't go on. Oh, yeah. You know, and, but it's like, Jesus, I, if I was Jesus, I would have been like, guys, two chapters earlier, you know, like, don't you remember? But I, th I think he like, he, he wants to stir us up. Right? Because he just wants you to realize this, this is one of our biggest problems. This is one of our biggest issues. So we just don't really understand all that we have. He says, how many loaves do you have? <laughs> they said seven. Right? How many was it with feeding the 5,000? Anybody remember? It was five, right? Yeah. So they have two more this time. <laughs> and so... It's calling them, just, just, what do you have? What do you have? How, how many do you have? And they said seven. Now, seven is an important number. 
Seven is a perfect number. Seven is, is the, the number of rest, right? When God had finished his work on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. He didn't just rest from work, but I, would, I believe that he rested in his creation. And so what if, what if kind of spiritually, if we could think about this this way today? You've been to this spot before. You've been to this. This is gonna, really gonna help you if you understand this. It's gonna help me. You've been to this spot before. You're experiencing some need. But what if you just understood from this very passage, what do you have? Instead of restlessness, when I'm trying to understand how to, how to go through this spot again, what do I have? I have rest. I can rest in him. And I feel that right now. I can rest in him. Instead of being so restless about being in this spot again, maybe it's day after day for you, instead of being in this spot like restless or worried or anxious about this spot that I find myself in again, instead of all of that stuff, what do you have? What, is this, what do the seven loaves represent for you? They represent rest for you. It's done. I remember back in, the, uh, back in January when we did the 21 days of fasting, I had a very specific prayer request. And the Lord just whispered to me, it's done. It's done. What if we could learn to just rest in the finished work of Jesus? Because whenever he had, whenever he had shed his blood for our sins, he was on the cross shedding his blood for us. What did he say whenever he had paid for every last one of our sins? It is finished. It is done. It's done rest in that. I've, I've been here before. You know what? What if we just saw that every one of those moments that we find ourselves with a supposed lack and we're like, man, I'm here again in this spot. What if we could just be like, hey, I get to rest on the finished work of Jesus here. This is an opportunity for rest. <laughs> yeah. This is an opportunity for rest. Oh yeah. There's a big crowd out there. It's way too big for seven loaves. I understand that. Like this word, that's a big word, Joe. It's, it's a big crowd, a multitude, right? Some of us are like, that's how it feels sometimes when we're in these spots again. Like it's just a multitude of stuff. It's like, ah, and God's just, what, what if every time now, whenever we find ourselves there, we're like, ah, oh, man, this is an opportunity for rest. This is an opportunity for me to draw near to the Lord and, and it his finished work for me. That makes sense to me. Thank you, thank you. Really is like this is an opportunity for our rest. Is this helping anybody? You okay? All right, all right, all right. So he said seven and he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, verse, that's verse six. And he took the seven loaves and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people and they set them before the crowd. So he gave thanks and then he broke the, broke the loaves. I was, um, I was listening to a podcast on the, way to, on the way up north, and this guy who was a lot smarter than me, he said, you know what? It's impossible for a negative thought to enter your mind by itself. It's actually impossible for a negative thought to enter your mind. You don't have negative thoughts. In other words, those negative thoughts have to come from somewhere else outside of you. And so what we understand is that we have an enemy. His plan is to steal you, kill you, and destroy you. 
And he has, he has all these little, these, these demons that, that, that he has directed to afflict you, torment you, whatever. And so these negative thoughts, all, so we find ourselves here again. And, and so the enemy's plan is, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna drop this negative thought. You're never gonna make it. I'm gonna just drop this thought of you just, you're just always in lack and you're never gonna have enough and all these different things that the enemy wants to drop for us, right? But guess what? One way we can flip this around is by being grateful. What did Jesus do when he received the loaves? He was grateful. He gave thanks. There's our pizza. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wendy, for handling the pizza. Um, one of the things, one of the ways we can handle these times is being grateful, right? Like, what do you have to be grateful for? Like, what is there? I know it's only seven loaves and there's a ton of a crowd, right? There's so much crowd, but what do you have to be grateful for? I, you know what? I just started thinking, I just started like thanking God for it when I was up, when I was up north. Thank you, God, for the green grass. Thank you for the green trees. Thank you for the 70 degree weather. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my family. Thank you. You know, even whenever Melvina and I have a disagreement or I feel like there's some tension, you know what I'll do? I'll just start thanking God for every part of her, every aspect of our relationship. Thank you, Lord, for the, my beautiful wife. You know, so because when you're grateful, it changes the way you think and it changes your heart. I'm just grateful. I'm focusing on what I'm grateful for, not on what's wrong, all that what's, what's wrong. You understand that? So I'm grateful for all these things. I'm just so grateful because then he, so he took the loaves, he took what they had, he said thanks, he gave thanks, and then he broke them. And so part of what, part of what we go through a lot too when we're dealing with these things is that the Lord is, the Lord is breaking us, right? There's a breaking that sometimes we have to go through Right? And realizing that we weren't meant to go through our life in our own strength. We weren't, li- we weren't meant to live independently from him. There's a breaking. Does that make any sense? All right. It, there's, a, there's a breaking. So when I came back here that day, I've been here before. What was it? That was a breaking moment. I can't do this on my own strength. I just, you know what? And here's the funny thing. I was actually praying for opportunities to live by faith. Because I know what it's like to live by faith. And it's really, really exciting, and it's really, really scary, right? So sometimes, because this, minute, this life is always meant to be lived by faith, he's going to give you opportunities to walk by faith, not by sight. So you come back to this place again, and you're like, oh, I, I know what this is. It's an opportunity for faith, because I was actually made for walking by faith, not by sight. Duh, Jeremy. Okay, well, then let's go. What do you have? I have all this that you provided for me. All right. Because that's what Jehovah Jireh means. He's the God who sees. And what he does is he sees before you see. And so he, through relationship with him, he's just trying to get you to see what he sees. You can can put that on a t-shirt. That's good. Some Awakened Church merch right there. Um, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Well, uh, throw a worship pad on there, uh, Jeff, please. Um. So when he gave thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were, they ate and were, they ate and were, all right. They ate and were satisfied and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full, how many? 
and there were about 4,000 people and he sent them away and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha, whatever that is. So I just, I really believe that the Lord is wanting us to get to this place of satisfaction in him. Um, he's continually preparing a table for us. Here it is. Yeah, in the presence of our enemies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? He's preparing a table. There's, in other words, there's plenty to eat, guys. There's plenty. He wants to get you to this place of satisfaction in him. <laughs> Don't you know that Psalms 23, 1? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. These disciples, they were getting ready to go. They were going to go through some rough times. Some of them were going to be stoned to death. They're going to be hated, accused. Paul, my goodness. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. But he's wanting them to get this simple truth. He's the God of again. And we can rest in who he is and what he's done. And I am satisfied in the Lord, my shepherd. I am not in want. I'm not lacking anything because he's my shepherd. I may not see it right now, but oh man, it's mine. <laughs> right? I may not, I can't, with my eyes, I don't know how all these people are going to be fed, but all I know is that when he takes something, when I put something in his hand, he breaks it and he multiplies it and I'm satisfied. So what you have to do, like my grandma always said, man, she was, she was 90 some years old and she would walk, <laughs> she would walk through church and she would just say, I'm going to put my little hand in his big hand. We have to just learn to put it in his hand. Put it in his hand. He wants, our, he wants us to know that our hunger touches his heart and he, we just have to put it in his hand. Just put it, give it to him. But what the disciples didn't do is they weren't like, hey Jesus, that's my seven loaves. You know? I've just, been bro you, I've just been so broken over all this. I'm wondering how it's going to happen. And whenever it doesn't happen in our time period, we're like, let me have those seven loaves back. I'm going to pick up all this stuff. Just take it back with me. No, it's in his hand, right? It's in his hand. And this is a walk by faith. You have to stir yourself up. You have to remind yourself about these truths. I'm going to give it in his hand and I'm not going to take it back because I can trust he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I'm not going to compare myself with the rest of the people around me. I'm just gonna trust that I'm being led by my shepherd. And I have everything I need. There's this old story, I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, there's, a, there's a story about a, a, an old shepherd uh, that he was traveling to some, to some mountains uh, in a really harsh climate, um, super cold. He was taking, a, taking like a backpacking trip. And he stopped at a cafe at the foot of a mountain where he was. And he was having a conversation with the waitress at that cafe. And he was telling her about his shepherd. How many of you know it's good to tell people about your shepherd, the Lord your shepherd, right? He was having a conversation with this waitress about his shepherd. He's like, you know what? The one thing about 
Psalms 23.1. So you can always remember it. I want everybody to hold, up, hold out your left hand like this. I want you to say this with me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So he said, here's the important part about this. My is your ring finger. What you have to know is that he has covenanted himself to you. He is yours. You are his. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is for you, not against you. He's yours. Some days passed and some, some other people came into the cafe and they were asking, or the, the waitress actually overheard these people talking and he was like, they were like, man, the strangest thing is, we heard about this old shepherd that was traveling in the mountains and um, when they, and, and evidently the shepherd had frozen to death out in the mountains. They said, but the strangest thing is, is when he died, he had his hand grasping his ring finger. And when they found him, they said, that was just the, the strangest thing. They'd never seen that before. Somebody frozen to death, just holding on to the ring finger. And that waitress said, man, I know why. Because the Lord was his shepherd. And he was holding on to his relationship with his shepherd through the toughest times. And even though he walked through that valley, the shadow of death, he was holding on to his shepherd. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And here's what you gotta do. You gotta hold on to him. You gotta hold on to him. You have to hold on to him. With everything you got, even if it kills you, you're holding on to the shepherd. You're refusing to accept the belief that I'm in lack. I don't have what I need. You're going to continue to say, I have everything I need. I shall not want. Because he's the God of again. If he did it for the disciples in Mark chapter six, he did it again in chapter eight. If he did it in chapter eight, he's gonna do it in 2023 because he is the God of again. He's the God of again. Stand, with your, stand to your feet this morning. He's the God of again. He's the God of again. He's the God of again. I wanna give some opportunity for some ministry this morning. Maybe you've been going through one of those times, one of those days, one of those seasons. If you could close your eyes with me here this morning. Maybe you've been going through a season like that and you just like some prayer. Not everybody's gonna hang out. Not everybody's gonna hang around too long, but if you want to receive prayer this morning, you've been in want. You've been only seeing what you lack, not what you have. I'm gonna have our our leaders come forward and they wanna pray with you. They're gonna be available for prayer. If you'd like to have prayer, you've been, you just, you need to connect with this shepherd. And here's the best part about the shepherd, right? Here's the best part about the shepherd. Listen, don't watch, just listen real quick. The best part about the shepherd is that he laid down his life for the sheep. 
He laid down his life for you. He didn't lay down his life for you just so you could confess him one time and then he would leave you. No, he laid down his life for you to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, and to see you through all of your days so that you never have to be in want. Amen? So that you're never in want. Guys, this is, this is it. We get, maybe you've never, ever before been able to say that, but I just feel like there's power in that declaration today. Just listen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I am lacking nothing. Maybe you're here today and you don't, even, you don't know the shepherd as your, as your personal savior. He wants to make today the best day of your life by you confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for you and he rose from the grave. If that's you this morning and you would just like to know him as your savior, your personal savior, on the count of three, just lift your hand. One, two, three. Anybody in the room like that? I just need to know him as my personal savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, pray this pray a prayer something like this after me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I, be, I believe you rose from the grave. Today, I trust you as my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Deliver me from the power of sin. I call you my Lord today. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure you like and share the podcast. And if you're ever in the Highlands County area, uh, make sure you stop by and visit us. Uh, We're located at 1121 uh, Memorial Drive in Avon Park, Florida. Uh, We'd love to meet you here.